Ryan, you, we've been waiting to talk to you. Super excited. I know Latte's super excited. As soon as I mentioned that we're going to talk about AI. Um, me, I'm kind of like, um, but we're chatting with you today. You're pretty much running the video game at Florida Atlantic University. And you do a ton of video from what I've seen, like sports and alumni and all of that. So I assume you're just tackling video all day. Talk to me about it. What's your day today? No, thank you so much, guys, for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, we do a lot of stuff. So I kind of focus in the foundation alumni arm where we really are creating content for um, not only people who just graduated, but 60 years of audiences, right? 60 years of graduates. So you can imagine it's a very broad base. Um, FAU is a school that maybe just recently started to get more and more tradition. So, you know, trying to find those things that are nostalgic that people connect to from the 60s, but also maybe when they graduated in 2010. Um, so that's our challenge. And then on the foundation side, you know, we're trying to also tell that story to donors, to people wanting to make, you know, big gifts, um, whether it's $5 a month or $5 million a year. Um, we're trying to find uh, stories that kind of tell what FAU is and all about and, you know, amplify that and get those to the right people. So that's kind of what we do here. That's awesome. And that sounds like a lot of time and a lot of work. And constantly it's, having you know, to think of luckily, new ways to tell the story. Yeah. And luckily there's a lot, like working at a college like this, there's so many areas. So, you know, yeah, we might tell the same scholarship story, but when you do that for different colleges, um, people have so many different backgrounds here. Um, one of FAU's big bragging point is, points is 33% of our students are first generation students. So, you know, they're the, this is their first time for their entire family being in college and, you know, that's a story you can tell a million times because they all kind of have different variances, but it's that happy outcome that you want and you want to tell to donors, you want to tell to our alumni because, you know, for a lot of them, they were in that same position, you know, years and years ago. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're, you're a storyteller. We're storytellers. Seabury, we do, you know, visuals, uh, anything visual for a company from graphic design to video. I do a lot of video, um, journalists in my background and then latte my gosh he literally creates anything they call him like the problem solver the thinker for our company so what we're all doing ai is a pretty big subject that's been coming up um and i feel like every time you go through instagram it's just all these people like oh I hate the ai oh i love the ai uh and latte i mean you you love the ai i i love uh, its potential. Uh, so I, I think that uh, the mistake I hear is a lot of people think that it's going to take their jobs. And quite frankly, if you think it's going to take your job, you're not being creative enough and thinking about how to use AI and its application, its potential. Um, so that's where I stand. I, I think of it as um, that group of entities or people that I always wanted to have access to to run with ideas uh, that that quite frankly, uh, if they weren't there or if AI wasn't there, that work just wouldn't get done, period. So it's more like there are greater opportunities to uh, create some really wonderful things for the world uh, that just would not have been created without it. So that's that's where I stand. Very positive force. Where do you stand, Ryan? I, I kind of agree. I think uh, for me, AI really is going to free up a lot of your time and like kind of things that maybe were repetitive that you had to just do, you know, that's where AI I think is going to really take off the creative area, which 
you know, yeah, the first time you get on ChatGPT and ask it to write a song about something and it does a pretty good job, like that's a little scary for a second. But then, you know, the more you use it, the more you realize, okay, it has its strength in some areas in some other areas, you know, not so much. Like I, I like to use it as a brainstorming, you know, once I've gotten every idea out that I think I can, I'll throw a prompt at it and then boom, I have like six or seven more things that I can maybe go down, little avenues that you can go down, but none of them are fully fleshed out. Like none of it is very broad topics that maybe I wasn't thinking about. You know, that's how I've been kind of lucky enough to use it. Um, so uh, one of the other areas that I do, I have a YouTube channel outside of FAU um, where they do containing container homes. So like mm -hmm. shipping containers, they build yeah. those out. And he loves and those. No, <laughs> when you're trying to think of, like we've been doing it for like three years now. So like, you know, you think of every question you could have possibly made a video about. You know, now I can throw a question at AI. What's should I buy a shipping container home? It gives like all these things, and now I have like maybe five or six avenues or you know ways we approach it differently. Um, that you know this AI has scoured the internet. These are obviously things people may have been asking or thinking about. You know, subconsciously, that's now really good video topics that we can kind of use it for. Um, you know, any kind of information-based questions. It's like pe people are using this almost like a Google search thing for some things. You know, it's subconsciously pulling in data that a lot of questions are asked. So, you know, for me, if you have a product, if your nonprofit is struggling to come up with what that voice or what the what you're trying to talk about is, and, and even AI is struggling, you know, use those questions to kind of you know guide that and some of the content you create, or you know, get some of those questions answered um, through the content you make. So, that's like some of the areas I think are really kind of interesting. Um, I've heard people say though, like the most recent iteration of it's actually worse. So it's kind of getting dumber as it starts to get more and more information. Has so, it learned more about um, us? <laughs> right. I don't know. You know what that? I don't know if that's like good or bad. Um, but I like I seriously remember asking it to write a song about FAU, and I wrote this like really sick, you know, song. And you know, I was like, "This is the future." I, I remember like showing my it was like around Christmas. I remember showing my mom, and it was like, "We're all done. The, or the this is over. Skynet's here. You know, you think like we're about to go off, and then then like you start playing with." It. Um, for me, I, I just think that's such a cool thing where, you know, you only have so much, uh, like I could walk away, maybe think of some of those things, but you know, it does, it's kind of give a different lens to, to some of the content we can create. I got to ask about the, so the container, <laughs> the, this Twitter homes video channel. So are you, do you create your own container homes? Is this more like you're fascinated no, so by I, the subject or yeah. Yeah. So we, we actually, uh, I, I met this guy who was a general contractor. And he started one on his own and then he like wanted to kind of up the quality. So we started kind of just creating content, documenting his business, right? So um, like all YouTube channels, it was very DIY to start and a lot of GoPro shots and, you know, just him talking. And he's so knowledgeable on on just building things. He was able to kind of figure it out. And it was cool because it was a DIY approach to um, something that's becoming a little more manufactured process. Um, and then... You know, his best video at that point was a pricing video because, you know, you look you look up Google, it's like, well, how much does this thing cost? That's the number of questions. So he made a pricing video, got like 2 million views, and we just like blew up from there. Um, so now I think we're at like 140,000 subscribers. Uh, he just was, he just pitched Mr. Wonderful um, from Shark Tank on a, other yeah. platform. So they're going to be launching this big fundraising campaign, um, raise millions of dollars. So they... You know, it started though with a YouTube channel and just kind of exploring, going down this rabbit hole, asking, asking questions. Um, but you know, he's he's kind of turned it into a business from you know building one in his front yard. Now he has a full manufacturing facility and you get to make even more content. So 
uh, we're really blessed with that. But, you know, again, three years of being with any client or any like group, you start to kind of get a little stale. You're like, man, I feel like we're doing the same thing over. So, you know, being able to use AI and you know, even like the content that we create that's not going to the broad public that may be just going to his core audience, um, potential investors, you know, we've really been able to kind of niche down on some things that don't take a lot of editing time, but the messaging and what we use it for is actually really, really powerful because it's you know, answering questions out of an investor looking to, you know, spend millions of dollars on these might think of. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So, so specifically, I, I'm curious about it because, you know, there are a lot of ways to use a, AI and AI is a very big, very, very big term. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's, there's just a lot that's there. So can you break down what that means for you? Like what, what's included in AI? You mentioned chat GPT, uh, I'm assuming 3.5, not yep. 4. Um, so what, what are you actually, or... what's that? Still on the free version. Yeah, uh, yeah totally. Yeah. I would help paid for one yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like the thing that's, I think a lot of people think like a lot, AI is thrown around so much right now. Um, you know, there's, there's machine learning, which I think most of it is, um, which I don't, I don't know. Like the one thing that I think is going to be really interesting for at least the media side of it is how machine learning might be used on, you know, normal workflow things. So, I mean, even Adobe, I don't know if you, if you've done Adobe podcast, um, and thrown like, I mean, I've had some audio that was rough. Like there's just wind or something going on. You hear a car go by, you throw it in this thing and it sounds like you were in a recording studio. I mean, for me though, like, yeah, I could probably figure out how to reduce that maybe just as good, but I mean, this thing does it in 10 seconds, right? Right. There's a, I know there's another app that like literally cuts podcasts like this and cuts between eight different cameras and does it in you know, a minute versus, you know, the 20 minutes you might take. So, I, I mean, I think AI and machine learning stuff like that's going to really reclaim time for creators and make us be able to you know, do the fun stuff and then more creative stuff, not maybe the, and you know, to cut another podcast and, you know, it's like not very mindless cutting. Um, but AI as a whole though, you know, you know, eventually I'm sure it's going to be able to make very uh, intense decisions, right? As they kind of build this thing out, it's going to be able to make things that maybe more of a human would be able to make. Um, you can have if then statements and all that stuff for a million different things, but still at the end of the day, a human had to kind of get it there. And as AI grows, who knows, we might see it, you know, any job that uses Excel and does a very manual process, I would probably not, I'd be a little more worried. Um, like maybe accountants, I mean, it may make a lot of their jobs easier, but it also may cut some of those jobs. I think that fear of some of those jobs that have manual tasks like that, especially a lot of numbers based jobs, you know, I would be a little bit more worried. Who knows? Um, but you know, I still think we're at least a few months off from that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I get that fear though. I mean, like when Andrew, he did a video on his tips and tricks where he was showing the Adobe podcast capabilities to take out background noise. And for a lot of my journalism career, I was the person people would give their audio to because I was really good in audition and getting audio out. And I don't know why, but it was just something I enjoyed. Oh, send it to audio. And I gave me a lot of pride. That when I saw Andrew's video, I was kind of like, wait a minute, there goes something that I spent time getting good at that a lot of people couldn't be good at. And so I feel like that like initial reaction for a lot of people seeing that something can make their workflow better because really I could be thinking about it as, oh, great, people don't have to send me all this stuff and I can focus on my own work instead of helping them out with theirs. That initial like, wait a minute, there's something that I specialized in that I was good at and now this machine is good at 
does create this fear and flood our Instagrams with the, you know, like I, I, I can't compare it to like back in, you know, back when like DSLR started to come out and like, you know, the quality of cameras really got a lot better for a lower price point. You know, they, they said that was like a big democratization. I, I'm not even going to try to say that right. Um, you know, it just basically lowered the bar for people to enter, you know, very cinematic storytelling and film. Um, you know, I think this is going to really make it a lot easier for folks to, to create really high quality content on a shoestring budget. And, you know, even like the creator that's going out there doing those like TikTok interviews on the street, you know, crappy audio. Now they could have really solid audio. I think whoever can figure out how to like incorporate that in the next phone or incorporate some of these things into like where it's almost does it for you automatically. You know, that's the, that's the really interesting part of like AI is how many things that we use on a daily basis are going to have it running underneath and, you know, it's going to be seamless. You won't even know. You don't have to upload it automatically. It just does it. Um, they keep, I, I feel like every few months I see like, oh yeah, editing, like AI editor that does edits or videos. Will it ever get there? I don't know. Um, I mean, it might get you like 50% of the way there, which may save you some time, but you know for narrative video and that like even documentary like i don't think there's just too many decisions that have to be made on a on a cut and um maybe a simple tiktok video or i i, I know there was one too that like you could put like speed a full video in and it automatically cut it for like uh vertical video and stuff and like i just don't know i don't think that's it's never going to be exactly what you need um so i think there's a lot to be a lot of promises but you know there's there's a million ai companies popping up and they're all doing kind of similar things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to also uh, speak to the Adobe podcast just for a second to say, for me, it was it was like a backlog for me, right? So I would produce these, I would create these little videos. I'm not a videographer, I'm a designer. And, and so I'd create something that needed to have the audio improved. And quite frankly, my go-to person was Adia, right? And the, the problem yeah, with I'm that was- money. I'm losing my space. But you weren't losing. The thing was, you had you had so many other things for you to take on. My project was was really a. It was something in the back of your mind yeah. that I was kind of forcing to, for you to make a priority, right? And so, more like for me, Adobe Podcast is like the backlog tool. In fact, I started using it without Andrew, Adia, the rest of the Seabury team knowing that I was using it, and and I would just create this thing. And they're like, "How did you clean that up?" And I'm like, "Oh, I just figured it out." Right, because that was part of the the fun of it. It's you, just like yeah, I found a cool YouTube video and figured yeah, it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally. I mastered it on my own in my free time. I did not. Yeah. And, and so to be able to just use that and realize no longer did I have to be in Adia's backlog to get this thing made. I could just take care of it. And maybe the quality's not going to be quite as high, but you know what? It is much better to have that thing done than sitting there where I know I can't get it out the door without that slight improvement. So for me, it's kind of getting back to that point of like, it allows the creation of more things. That's a perfect example. Like this is not taking away Adia's job. She's too smart for doing that stuff, right? That's not where she should be focusing. The, the, the focus for all of us is to get things out the door. And so how do you do that really effectively? And I think one of those tools ends up being something like Adobe Podcast for that reason. You know? Well, and I, I think it's like, you know, Adia's skill set. Yeah, she can clean up audio, but she's a broadcaster. She knows how to ask questions. She knows how to get the best out of interviews and stuff. That's like, that's what people are paying her for. You know, like I said, a byproduct of that is the audio sounds really good. You know, these are all like school skill sets that, you know, you do need to have, but you know, now it's a little bit easier. So 
you know, the new stuff comes out, you get that wave of like everyone using it and then they're freaking out about it. And then you realize it's limitations. Um, and I don't know what kind of limitations you guys have noticed in the AI that you're using, but there's the stuff that shows up where like the hand has like 17 fingers. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. So what are the things that kind of give you faith in the ability of humans to use AI and continue to make great things and not lose to the AI, I guess. Um, there's probably like a lot of things that's like, we can use this, but they still, there's that one um, picture that keeps showing up was like, in order for AI to take all of our jobs, clients would have to know what they want or something like that. Like there's still this need for humans. I didn't it's tell them with that. You just you just shot down all the AI taking our jobs. Yeah. talk with that. That's like so true. Uh, well, yeah. I I would say so. Uh, the founder, one of the founders of Wired Magazine, had this really great description of AI as a the first conversational interface. Right. So this idea that it is it is a back and forth conversation for you to get what you want out of it. Like it's almost like asking twenty questions. Adia, honestly, I think you would enjoy going down the rabbit hole of playing with AI because it, you're no, I journalistic. Do. I did. Yeah, yeah. Your background, I think you would really enjoy the iterations because it takes a lot of iterations. It actually takes a lot of patience to get there. So I know right now I'm not experiencing. Um, I've, yes, multiple fingers, planes. Like if you ask it to, if you ask Dolly, for instance, to create, um, I I tried to create a um, an Earth with planes flying around it and the planes that it shows up with are the most bizarre looking like the, all of the planes would crash <laughs> so there's that that realism factor that it doesn't get right but in terms of just the experimentation of ideas especially on the visual front i'd say on the visual front it falls pretty short on some more abstract interpretations i've seen really lifelike like it depends on which one you're talking about some of them are just spot on. Some, it's very hard to see the difference between a human um, that, that you know and you talk with on a daily basis and something that's been generated in AI. But then some things, it's way off. And so, I, you know, the, the visual side, I think it's going to get there. It's gonna, just going to be better over time. And that, that's not fear. It's not something that creates fear for me. Once again, it's, it's this opportunity to explore. Like if you're a creative person and you want to explore a new idea, it's going to let you at least try it out and see if it works and probably do it in a few seconds versus you spending a few days, right? And, and, and really allows you to approach an idea and at least say, well, am I even in the ballpark? Um, which is honestly like a really positive. I know I'm going back to the positive side. Well, that's what it's, but, I'm positive. <laughs> so yeah, what I see is a really optimistic place where you can just experiment to your heart's content with very little downside to it. Unless your downside is you should be doing something else with your time. It's a very good use of your time to explore an idea. Um, so for that side, I, I'm not seeing the downside yet. I mean, obviously, you know, if, if AI switches from good to evil. As it usually <laughs> does. <in the> movie. <laughs> yeah. And it gets weaponized and obviously other people can weaponize it, right? But, but if you're using it more from a moral perspective and you're exploring things from an optimistic perspective, I think it's it's all upside, all of it. You're right about the rabbit hole, though. I, like, when I opened up Dolly, I it just... 
what was supposed yeah. to be like, oh, let me try this out to see if I can get a social media post faster because everybody's busy on the graphics team turned into like hours of me rephrasing my question and being like, oh, look at that. <laughs> and then like making another question. Well, look at that. Um, so that's true. So what do you think that people, you know, designers or filmmakers, people who are in our industry, how should they look at AI? How should they be using AI? What actionable advice do you guys have? We not, you know, since you, you've embraced it, like, okay, how can it help me here? How can it help me there? How can you help other people feel that? You know, I think there's, it's really interesting because I work in higher ed right now. And, you know, the first few months of this, like back in earlier this year, when it started to kind of grow, it's crazy how fast the adoption came amongst the students. And I don't think through the semester, I don't think professors were able to adapt and, and kind of change their grading policies. So like, you know, I have, I have a room full of students across the way and they're all using it to expand their papers to whatever the minimum, you know, word count needs to be. Oh my gosh. Um, where was that? For me, it's actually, you know, they're using, they're using technology and like, this is the future. If they don't learn it now, they're going to get left behind. Yeah. So like, I do have my logic behind it. Um, but, you know, I think it's, again, how do you use it to, you know, hopefully be creative or, you know, you still need that core understanding of whatever the topic is. If you don't, you're, you're kind of, you're done. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how like big industries, especially these content companies, you know. Will they use it for good? Will they just try to, you know, automate writer jobs? And like we've even seen like just how with how much content's coming out, so much so much stuff crap is being made right now. Um, like like not to knock any Disney shows, but some of these Disney shows have two hundred million dollar budgets. And even then the writing is like the weakest part of the whole thing. But yeah, it's using AI and, and algorithms to kind of come up with what is going to maybe hit with your audience because this actor's in it and this director is attached to it and it looks like this other movie that was really popular. Like, I think that's the the biggest fear. Um, I do want to say one more thing too about uh, the other, cre another creative area I've seen AI use too is the um, being able to expand sets and stuff. Um, we were taught, we were almost did it for a shoot with our athletics department um, where, you know, you basically can like take this window that you see on this podcast and then expand it. So my office looks like I'm a, you know, in New York city on a sky rise and stuff. There's some really cool YouTubers that did some cool stuff with it, but you know, that's, I think something kind of interesting where, you know, with green screen now you could like literally use that to create really cool, you know, 3d sets and not have to have a billion dollar budget to make it work. Um, so I think like the lower scale, you know, productions and that type of stuff will be able to really use that well. Um, it's, you know, at the end of the day, the, the big scale budgets are going to still have artists and they should um, make stuff that actually fits. But I think for like quick throwaway shots that you don't have a budget for, like for quick things that you just need AI to generate a cool image that will, you know, hopefully be really quick. Um, I still think it's a little wonky and like the finger thing still freaks me out. Um, <laughs> Lassie does that with I, for photos, filling in all the gaps to make this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Photoshop beta. Uh, Photoshop beta is really what I mean. I, before that, I was using uh, the stamp tool and I was doing a lot of Photoshop editing. And it was, it's, it's actually pretty quick to do it without um, AI. But AI is just really fun to play with. So you know, I, I did it recently for an Instagram post where uh, the photo was taken as, I think it was taken as a vertical or a horizontal. Either way, it was the wrong ratio. And to fill in the gap, oh, it was it was taken as a horizontal, right? So it was this a horizontal, like a sixteen by nine photo, and I had to uh, 
turn it into a, a square format or actually no into a, a nine by 16. And so it was just a joy, honestly, to, to throw AI at it, to say, you know, I need a ceiling here and I need this down here. And, you know, uh, the way that Photoshop beta works is it will give you three uh, samples. I'm kind of telling this for, so it gives you three options and, and then it makes you choose between those three. And if you don't like those three, guess what? You just hit the button again, generate, and it does three more and you can change the description to get a little bit finer. And so the beautiful thing about that is in choosing those three uh, through 12 different options, you'll end up with something that's somewhat decent. And then maybe you go back through and you still use your traditional stamp tools and things like that. But it's really, it's a pretty easy workflow. And I could spend the time doing it in the traditional fashion. <laughs> There's no need to. It's great to take advantage of that just so I can get things out the door, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be perfect, uh, which is coming from somebody that I used to really focus on that perfect side of things. And what I'm finding with AI is it's just an, it's an opportunity to just be able to do another thing, explore another idea. So why belabor the point? Why focus on it? It's, it's okay if it has some AI elements within it, but there's still at the, at the kernel of it, it's still an original idea from a human. Um, and to go back to your point earlier, you know, writer's rooms I, um, at my college, my alma mater, they had a bunch of uh, uh, people who have seen a lot of success in the film industry talking about how they were used to having writer's rooms where they would be able to collaborate and interact with a bunch of writers and that's being reduced down to potentially just two writers in a room that are actually taking in the content that has first been created by AI. And they're supposed to do rewrites on top of that content, which actually is like the reverse of the process. Um, you know, I, I think if you have great ideas at the beginning, AI helps you out and then you have great ideas to make it special again. Uh, that sounds like a hell of a lot better of a workflow than the reverse where somehow you're supposed to be the machine at the end of the line uh, for the machines that it seems backwards um, and, a, and a big concern. I am. I'm really excited, Ryan, to get like updates. I'm going to start pinging you because there's something that you said about your access to education and kids and young people and wow. how they're using this tech. You will literally be on the front lines of all the things that it's capable of. And I'm sure like I just imagine you're soaking that in all day, like, oh, look what they just did with that. Look what they just did with that. Oh, it's, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, even our interns that we have, you know, uh, they were on it before me. And like, they, like, I asked an intern to come up with like an email sequence for something we were doing. And like, I don't know, two hours later, she had this whole thing. I'm like, this is what, what, what is this? And then I like read it and like, you know, again, this is pretty good. You know, it gets you like 90% there, have it changes. And then, you know, she starts, you know, she, I was like, did you use Chavi and for those? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, go for it. Like, that's fine. Like, sure. Give you some ideas. But again, you know, the thing that that intern didn't realize is like, you still need the core knowledge. You still need to know how digital marketing work for that to actually be effective. Um, it can give you a few ideas that maybe you can run with or lay out the structure of how that website page needs to look. Um, but the content still, you, you are the expert on that. You need to know that like the back of your hand and then use AI to expand on it and make it better. Um, the one thing I've been using it for now is some scripts, like script, uh, for some videos that we, we do is, you know, I, I asked it to make this speech sound like Walt Disney, you know, very aspirational, very, you know, a futuristic and a future futurist. Um, and you know, it, 
pulls it like a sense or two, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm going to mm-hmm. throw something like that in there, maybe adjust it. Um, then, hey, can you make this sound like Abraham Lincoln or something? Like, it's fun to like ask it and rephrase scripts and stuff because then you can get like a few different phrases and stuff. And again, like just have it regenerate multiple times until you get something you like. Um, you know, that's something that just plusing something I've already made. Um, and, you know, for me, I think that's kind of, you know, hopefully my boss, like, I like to joke, we, we do like Disney updates, like Walt Disney updates from the 60s, you know, showing Disneyland. Well, I feel you, we're showing off Disney World here and we're showing off all the cool things we're doing. Um, sometimes I need that extra like positivity line that Walt Disney may have said and we, we put it in the video. So, you know, I think that's, uh, again, it's just plussing what, what's already been made or the human came up with it first, then yeah. AI kind of maybe some I'm of it. I'm excited to see what humans uh, get artificial intelligence to do next any final predictions anything do you want to the yeah. worst one the worst student thing they had a hundred they wrote like a hundred words and then they had ai extended to a thousand and i was like oh, oh my gosh that's like and you could like it's like three or four paragraphs with the same exact like point just rephrased and i'm like okay your teacher is probably not gonna because it's all like i love history so it was like i can't remember it was something um like something in reconstruction for for civil war and stuff and like i was just like you, you're saying the same thing here three paragraphs in a row i think you should probably but then they what they did was they came up with the three the five paragraphs or whatever that's going to get them a thousand words and each paragraph they're like our oh, 200 words boom 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 and you got a great paper and you know a plus later and they're they're rock and rolling um but luckily i was in the room i made it help them out i don't condone cheating and i hope they understand and remember re- reconstruction for the rest of their life but you know they used technology given to be better awesome you know oh yeah that yeah you you were asking about predictions uh so it's it's funny there there is a tool out there that i found to be novel it's fun for people to play around with but it already exists so it's not not a prediction but just one of those of well maybe is that the best use of ai um so you've probably heard about it but it, it is it is fascinating to see it's the the ai program that can actually um, have you always looking at the camera? So instead of reading your script, it and, and the, so everybody that tries it out is like, yeah, it's really fun. Check it out. And then you realize they're they're not really blinking, and it's also a little disarming that they're just constantly having a staring contest with you. So that's that is not a prediction, but it's worth checking out, and it is it is bizarre. So I would I would love to say that I have a prediction. I. I, I, and the thing is that AI is being used, like there are so many AI startups at this point in time that I probably, it's hard to come up with something that it's not being used for, right? Like you, you name the industry, AI is is deaf, or at least machine learning to Ryan's point, is at least part of the the consideration. Like for instance, AI and in interior design, Ryan, considering the fact that you guys are working on, um, you know, a cargo box containers, I, I'm, I'm positive you've seen that, right? But AI in, in interior design is a really interesting application because there's so much variation in rooms. But that's that's not a bad prediction. That's probably happening already, right? Um, it's anywhere where there's a lot of data crunching and that can come in the form of just a lot of inputs and outputs, you're probably going to see AI have a big hand in, in making that into something that is a bit unrecognizable from what it's been in the past few years. Um, and is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. If it if it takes away people's jobs and people aren't able to make that change, then that's a really bad thing for those people. And it's a really bad thing for society in that way. But as long as it's like 
a good use and somebody can level up, like they get away from having to to make adjustments to other people's audio levels, that that seems like a really good use of a tool, right? So it's maybe I'm I'm constantly spinning it towards the positive, but I, I'm hopeful, you know, is is really what it comes down to. Can you send me the link to the I thing? I'm gonna put it right here, and then I have a meeting in like 15 minutes, and I'm gonna use it. <laughs> Ryan, this has been such a pleasure, man. I, I honestly, I obviously we could talk AI for quite quite a long time, and and I would actually like to do that. And honestly, shipping container homes, I am down for a conversation with you about that too. And I will check out that Containing YouTube. Luxury, just check it out on YouTube. Containing Luxury, all like and subscribe, and yeah, yeah. doing some cool stuff. Awesome, the, yeah. Follow that, follow that link We're right there. Literally, I'll put every Nate's link. I think we have someone at all points in time is pointing someone. So we're going. Yes. Unless you're listening in your car, uh, just don't do that. Wait till you get home to check it out. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you all so much. This is a great conversation. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.